Thursday, the 28th of July, 2022, and this is a belated, belated, belated track with a view podcast. Welcome, one and all, to another waffle-based episode of, as I say, a track with a view podcast, with yours truly, um, the worst podcast host in the world, as Jerry McClarkson may have said, um, if you listen to this contrived waffle that is a, a track with a view. So, uh... I will get into what has been going on, uh, what the plans are moving forward, and then I will get into the the meat, so to speak, of this episode, uh, which will be the season so far for the Bellevue Aces and the Bellevue Colts. So... Uh, Apologies for not putting out hardly any episodes this season. Uh, that is mostly... Well, it's not mostly. It is down to me not particularly recording anything. Um, this is due to either work reasons uh, or just a case of not having the enthusiasm, if truth be told. Uh, so... I will start off at the beginning, uh, to which people will probably wonder why I record these podcasts, <laughs> as if I record them all the time. Uh, so, the whole point of this was mainly to give the club some exposure, be it attracting one or two people, uh, which in my view would have made the podcast a success. Uh, that said, um, I know this show isn't the greatest, and I have gone on record as saying it is not fantastic. It is not very well produced, uh, but then neither is anything I ever do anyhow. Uh, this is more a a labour of love, so to speak. Uh, because we, I think we can all name better podcasts on Speedway. Uh, I have never ever intended to claim that I am one of the the greatest fans or uh, a know-it-all or in-the-know Aces fan. Um, however, what I am is pretty much a fan uh, of Bellevue and the Colts and Aces, and Speedway in general. Uh, to which I decided to put this podcast out, I think it was last season when I started it, um, but such as days blur into other days, I can't fully remember. Uh, so I went into this hoping to, as I say, give the club a bit of exposure uh, while at the same time, if you, pardon my French, shitting myself at the same time as putting it out, because, you know, people will pretty much crap on anything um, in the social media world, or pretty much just in general. Um, so, it was an idea that I had, or that I'd had for a a while, in in truth, uh, just wanting to put something out because I enjoy Speedway. Uh, I enjoy talking about Speedway. At times, I do give off the impression I have 
a lot of knowledge and I have a lot of um, things to talk about and make out I'm one of these um, know-it-all fans which I am 100% not uh, I'm probably 70% uh, but yeah um, that's pretty much the the premise uh, of this podcast it's a labour of love intended to be more uh, fan based uh, than official based because you know the, the, the club couldn't give to such a things um, over what I think of of the aces uh, or, or of the club itself uh, riders I have I will go on record as saying I've probably been a bit um, hard on some of the, the riders in the past however it is more from a <laughs> I want to say a good place it is more from a place of caring and being a fan um, because last year we had numerous times where riders uh, took to Facebook or Twitter to have a go at fans who were bad mouthing them uh, and then it got a bit awkward and slightly nasty uh, between rider and fans so anything I say is literally to be taken with a salt mine in Siberia um, nothing I say is gospel tis all a an opinion uh, from my point of view um, so I know pretty much most of the things I say will pretty much be cut down or disagreed with and that's fair enough that's your prerogative to decide if you want to agree or not with anything I say. Though I do waffle, as the opening seven minutes of this podcast have shown. Um, so that's pretty much why uh, I do this podcast. With an asterisk above it. With all that said, though... Um, we will quickly give a shout out to the club sounding like a really bad DJ now um, because today marks the 94th birthday of Bellevue Speedway uh, an illustrious 94 years at that um, however the since 93 hit hasn't particularly been very much paved uh, in the way of silverware uh, we've two trophies won within that time at least on the uh, AC side of things uh, with two KO Cup victories back in 2005 and 26 no 2017 um, however we did have the Bellevue Colts win the league a few years ago which is the closest Bellevue has come to a league title uh, which as we will get into in a few minutes, looking at the standings and everything, um, Bellevue are the only team in the Premiership not to have won a league title since the year, well, past the turn of the millennium, either, um, with the Sheffield Tigers and the Kingsland Stars winning, as well as the Itswich Witches, a league title in the old Premier League slash uh, Championship era uh, then you have the Peterborough Panthers and the Wolverhampton Wolves winning the league titles uh, ironically both against Bellevue last time out uh, that was Wolves back in 2016 and the Peterborough Panthers winning it last year um, both times pretty, pretty much capitalising on Bellevue not really turning up in in some form. Um, so we will touch, as I say, on the season so far, but we will do a more in-depth one 
in the coming weeks. So, going all the way back to March, and it saw Bellevue having the Peter Craven Memorial Trophy, which was won by Peterborough's Michael Palm Toft, with Matty Zagar coming in second, more on him later, and Ty Woffington finishing in third. Um, there was then some interesting comments made uh, by Woffington in the... Me- wasn't so much the media scrum, it was more like the unofficial media scrum, um, of talk of certain teams wanting to break away from the... Uh, the was the BSPA, it's the British Speedway Promoters Limited. Um, but still, you know, them. Um, because of how things have been dealt with and run in this country, which is a topic for another time and no doubt it will definitely come up because there are a lot of things wrong with the sport um there are some minor things which are improving uh, not television wise but we will get onto that subject as i say at a later date so bellevue opened the season with matches against the Sheffield Tigers and the Wolverhampton Wolves in the northern section of the Premiership Cup um, which Bellevue failed to pick up a single victory from in those four matches um, so the Aces went into the season a man light um, despite the fact that there was this talk of Bellevue having signed Dan Bewley, the league refusing um, to allow it on certain things, uh, which left the Aces in a bit of a quandary um, and kind of screwed things up early doors for us. Um, so... Mark Lemon brought in Jake Allen to be a temporary signing uh, for the cup competitions at least. Um, Allen didn't particularly um, hit the ground running for the Aces as he scored just 6.3 or 6 plus 3 from his four meetings in Aces colours. Um, However, the Aces would pull off an absolute coup uh, to bring in Matty Zagar for the start of the regular season. And in the words of Ken Dodd, by Jove has it worked. Um, Bellevue currently find themselves in second position uh, in the league standings. So if I can pull up the league table... If I can actually find the things. There you go. So. um, Quickly running through the matches. So. The opening league match. Saw Bellevue taking on the Peterborough Panthers. Uh, The Aces. Hammered the Panthers. uh, 64-26. Which was a point shy. Of their highest score ever. At the National Speedway Stadium. Uh, that coming against the Lakeside Hammers. Uh, be it the 2016-2017 season. Uh, I think it was the 2017 season. But don't particularly quote me on that. Because I don't have my stats book. Um, so a meeting that saw Brady Kurtz picking up a maximum of 15 points. Um, Zagar on his first return to Bellevue in Aces Colours saw him scoring 10-1 uh, while having another ace return in Max Frick as he scored 12-1 in the victory. The rest of the side, however, as we will get into, 
So, of course, uh, the signings made in 2019 saw Max Frick and Charles Wright returning to Manchester. Uh, there, were, there was a couple of other signings that didn't. I don't know why I've brought that up because it's just lies. Um, but yes, going into the rest of the squad... Oh, I shall name the squad before we get into it anymore. Uh, so, Max Frick made a return to Bellevue Colours, having taken a couple of years out. Uh, one of them mainly because of COVID. Um, so, he became the Bellevue number one. You had Jai Efridge making a return, uh, doubling up with the Berwick Bandits. You had Jake Allen coming in as a, as I say, a temporary replacement, as we didn't particularly have a finalised one to seven. Uh, Charles Wright, the Stockport native and rider for Red Car Bears, uh, he returned to Bellevue along with Brady Kurtz, who probably would admit himself didn't have the best of years last season uh, for the Manchester team while down at reserve it saw Tom Brennan returning as the rising star rider while also welcoming into the fold German youngster Norik Blodown um, who has come on leaps and bounds in every meeting so far uh, at at home at least um, having never ridden in the UK in a league setting at least uh, barring the odd individual meetings he did towards the back end of last season so the side was more solid um, with the inclusion of Zega coming in for Jake Allen which hearing those two names don't particularly go together as it is. Um, so Zagar came into the side. For the opening of the league fixtures. Um, Bellevue then. Suffered a close defeat. Down at Ipswich. Going down 37. 47. 34 even. No. 47. 43. I'll get my words out. I have a. I'm probably waffling a bit here. But yes, the uh, the witches took victory that night down at Foxhall Heath. But then the Bellevue Aces picked up their first and only away win of the season as they beat the Peterborough Panthers 54-36 at the East of England showground. Um, a superb night for Brady Kurtz as he scored a paid maximum of 14-1. and uh, That was then followed up with a double header of sorts uh, with a home and a way fixtures against the Kings Lynn Stars uh, going down by 10 at Saddlebow Road while at home they picked up a 48-42 to victory um, and saw Zegar who had sustained a an injury uh, I think it was a shoulder injury at the time in Poland uh, so that brought in Michael Palm Toft as a guest replacement and saw him scoring 5-1 which from memory they asked him about his performance he wasn't particularly happy with it uh, but this was due to the fact that most of our meetings seemed to have been run at midday to 1 o'clock uh, which has meant that the meetings have been pretty dull to watch, really. Um, when they're raced in like blisteringly hot sun, um, the tracks are really dusty. It doesn't help the riders with like overheating machines in the heat, um, because yeah, Manchester gets a lot of sun at bank holidays, and who who knew? Um, but yes, 
So then they would lose to Sheffield. Uh, wins against Ipswich. And finally putting the end to the Wolverhampton hoodoo. Uh, with a 51-39 win over the West Midlands side. Uh, that was followed up by a 8-point defeat at Monmore Green. Um, against the Wolves. Uh, Frick scoring at 17-1. With Brady Kurtz missing. Uh, which does have a slight feel of last season about it with having riders missing. But anywho... Uh, Bellevue then took on the Sheffield Tigers and ended up 58-32 to 32 winners. Um, and that match, for me at least, started this almost like the Aces had clicked as a team. Um, because prior to that, they had like picked up a... I don't want to say a fluke win, but it felt like everything had fallen into place and was a case of... This is how it could be if everyone clicks. However, as the meetings went on, there'd be close meetings, there'd be sort of meetings where they were fortunate until towards the end. <clears throat> However, in July, when the Tigers came for the War of the Roses, Bellevue just... Everything went right. Gating... Uh, passing when it needed to be, team riding, everything from that point seemed to just shoot and just skyrocket the side. Um, and it's a case of that's where the aces have have gone since that. I don't know that one. Alexa wanting to uh, join in on the show there. Um. But yeah, Here's an answer from an Alexa Answers contributor that I translated. It'll be alright. And Alexa gets unplugged. Um, but yeah, since that match against Sheffield, the team have just been cock-a-hoop. Home, or at home I should say, they have ridden with a newfound confidence that no AC side has ever had at this stadium. Um, due to the fact that. The the thing levelled against Bellevue. Has always been. There's no home advantage. For some reason. There seems a case of. The riders have found something. On this track. Where they are able. Um, to put. Some. Gain some track advantage. As opposed to the visitors. Um, which. Bodes well, very well indeed, uh, for the Aces moving forward. Uh, because we have, as opposed to every other team who have some track knowledge and some home advantage, Bellevue have failed to really have any of that uh, since moving into this stadium in 2016. But this year seems the first ever time that we actually have some something to hold on to in the sense of having home advantage, um, which I mean, great because we've needed something. Because um, having to just go out and be quick, it's seen some riders being very clever in races. Um, to which I'll come back to that. In a minute. Um, so then. Kings Lynn came to town. And that saw a 61-29 to win. Uh, Ipswich. They went down. 50-40. Um, Again. Minus a rider. Uh, with Charles Wright missing. Who doesn't particularly go well at Ipswich anyhow. Um, so it's. I suppose it was pretty much going to be the, the case of that anyhow. Um, and then it's our Bellevue taking on the Peterborough Panthers and having the Aces destroy 
an understrun Peterborough side. Uh, 63-27, a point shy of repeating the same feat that they did earlier in the year. Um, I mean, there was some fantastic racing in this match. Uh, Heat 10 hopefully gets shown some somehow on the Aces page. Um, that involve Matty Zagar and Tom Brennan um, battling Scott Nichols, who held the lead for a couple of laps before both aces came through. Um, I don't even think my my commentary or description could prove or make it seem as good as as it really was. Um, but yeah, that match on on Monday just saw the aces having everything going their way um, so if we look at the point scorers um, so for the Panthers uh, Jake Mulford who we will talk a bit more in a tiny bit uh, in Colts wise at least uh, he failed to score from his three rides uh, Danish rider Benjamin Basso scored 7-1 in, in what was a an up and down meeting for the Dane. Um, he started off well, and then seemed to tail a bit uh, late on. Uh, Justin Sedgman, who seems to be the stadium reserve um, or replacement at least, uh, he scored two. Uh, never particularly troubled the scorers, if truth be told. Uh, Scott Nichols scored three and one. Far cry from his performances last year with the Panthers. Uh, Ulrich Ostergaard, always a trier. Um, never gives less than 100%. Uh, he scored five points for the Panthers. and was one of the rare shining lights for him, in truth. Um, rider replacement brought five points for Michael Palmtoft. Uh, with Ulrich Ostergaard and Chris Harris scoring two points in those particular uh, rider replacement rides. And Chris Bomber-Harris leading the way uh, with 10 in one. Um, wasn't particularly vintage Harris, um, but I mean he was really the only one that did anything for the Panthers. Um, I mean, Basso, God love him, tried. Nichols, I don't think his points total told the full story. Um, he did battle, but at the same time, he was not particularly quick. Uh, Ulrich Ostergaard battles like he always does. Um, Harris just, he really was like a one-man team. Um, which probably explains, considering he almost scored half their points. Um, but if we flip to the other side, and we had Norik Bludon scoring a 9-1, with the German definitely getting better and better at the Manchester circuit. Um, he seems to be enjoying himself more. Um... And he said during a, an interview that he, he felt a bit embarrassed that he wasn't scoring points. Um, but then, neither were the aces, in truth. Um, there was a lot of mixed scores early doors. Uh, Jai Efridge, who's now down at reserve, scored 3-1. and one, And with someone who... <clears throat> he's, he's coming back from... Uh, from a crash as well so um, I think you'll probably give him a, a couple of weeks to let him fully heal um, but he scored 3-1 deserved a win in the final in his final race at least um, however you know he's a good he's a solid team rider not spectacular but he will chip in and get some vital points for you and that's kind of what he does best uh, Max Frick 
scored a paid maximum with 11 and 1. Um, winning every heat, barring heat 4, where him and Norick picked up a 5 1. Uh, Charles Wright scored 10 and 1, with who. Charles, in my view at least, last season, and I said this a couple of times, uh, he never really got the chance to get going at all for the Aces. Uh, every time he was getting into form, he'd suffer an injury, which set him back, and then he'd come back, gain form, get involved in another incident. Um, this year so far, he has had one injury, but for me, he has been one of the one of the two most improved riders in. Okay, one of three most improved riders from last season. Um, one of the other improved riders, I feel, is Brady Kurtz, who I did give him pelters for last year because I know Kurtz can do better. Uh, to which this season has pretty much proved what I was saying last year of when Kurtz is on form and when he rides like he can do, he can be un untouchable. Um, and in some meetings this year, that has proved the case. This is how Kurtz is. He's a blooming good rider when his head's on. Um, and he's almost banished how he did last year, to which he didn't particularly ride too badly. Um, but this season has definitely been the real Brady Kurtz for me. This is the Kurtz I remember riding for for Poole against us, at least. Uh, showing, not giving an inch, having a couple of naughty rides, I suppose you could say. Um, to which... Watching Kurtz ride reminds me of Wayne Rooney in football. In the case of, if Rooney used to get fouled, you always knew he was going to come back at you and attack. Um, and again, was a bit naughty in how he would retaliate. Brady, when he is behind uh, the leader... He does seem to have the Michael Jordan complex of taking things personally. As it seems to be a case of once he's behind and you kind of tick him off a bit, then he becomes a really, really stubborn rider and just has to pass you in some uh, shape or form. Um, I think Mr Lawson wasn't particularly taken with uh, his tactics um, but then it was a fair ride um, but again that's a, a debate for other people to make uh, moving to number two it's our Tom Brennan scoring to my knowledge at least his highest at Bellevue in his career with 13 and 1 um, just missing out on a paid maximum at least uh, that was after Basso passed him and Zega in heat 6 um, but Brennan is probably well I say probably he's arguably the most improved rider for the Aces this season um, struggled to pick up the points he deserved last year uh, but a year riding in the top flight has definitely helped his confidence uh, it has saw his racing come on leaps and bounds especially with I think it was heat number 8 and it was um, when he went up against Chris Harris um, on paper it looked to be pretty much a, ha a Harris win um, but Brennan made the gate and as opposed to what he may have done last year and what many Aces riders would have done uh, they tr would go out and just attack the track and 
go as quick as they can. Brennan did actually attack the track and look for the quickest way. However, he used his head and knew where to go. Um, so he would go to the boards because he knew that's where Bomber would try and end up. Uh, so he cut off that particular uh, racing line that Harris would have took. But he was very clever in when to stay on the inside and when to go on the outside. To which last year that would not have happened as much. Um, but by the same token, his performances for Glasgow last year and this year have definitely seen an improvement in his racing and more importantly I feel uh, his racing brain um, I mean you can have all the speed in the world but if you can use your brain as to picking when to make a move and when not uh, that stands you in good stead for the future and hopefully in for races fans at least uh, we'll get to see more of that in the coming years. Uh, and at number one, Matti Zega, the king of Slovenia. Uh, he scored 10 and 4. A good night, a good night's worth of racing uh, for Matti. Um, who seems to have almost had like a. been given a new life or a new sense. Um, the purpose at Bellevue uh, since coming back uh, to the Aces um, away from home he's been a bit patchy that's the only thing I can say about that uh, but at home he has been arguably the the top performer um, which means over the course of the league season so far. Uh, looking at the standings, it sees the reigning champions, the Peterborough Panthers, on 10 points in 6 slash bottom. Uh, the Kingsland Stars, who started the year very well but have fallen away since the league campaign started, uh, they're on 12. The Sheffield Tigers, who for me at least, have been the um, the surprise of the year. Uh, I would have expected them to be at least scoring more wins than they have done, uh, especially with their, their top-heavy side. Uh, they're in fourth place in the playoff picture with 23. Uh, the Wolverhampton Wolves, who... Definitely this year is the most inconsistent wool side I have ever known in all the years of watching Speedway, uh, which probably dates back to like 96. Uh, they're on 24 points. Two in front of them is Bellevue. And leading the way with a further two points is that of the Ipswich Witches. Um, the Witches, who does have a feel of Bellevue about them from last year uh, in the sense that Jason Doyle is the man to beat uh, I think he's rarely, rarely gone without picking up a maximum or a paid maximum um, he's definitely been the best rider without doubt in the English League this year um, I mean there's there's not many riders I can think of that have done better um, than said Doyle. Um, to which the next league meeting for the Aces involves the Witches. Um, it does make me think about the one of the previous um, meetings between Ipswich and Bellevue when both teams were head-to-head -head for the title uh, that came back in 1998 uh, or was it? yes, 98 
uh, with Ipswich having the all-conquering side of Ricardson, uh, Golob, Nichols, Svab, Clouting, uh, and I'm sure there's another one I'm not thinking about, uh, and it will come to me eventually. But yes, the uh, the witches are leading the way at the moment. Um, it would have been in more interesting if there'd been more teams in the league, of course. Um, but you know, such is life. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much the aces side of things. Uh, if we move to the National Development League and the Bellevue Colts. Um, they've had a bit of a, a mixed bag themselves. Um, so, the side started off with Jack Smith as the number one, uh, Sam McGurk coming in alongside Jack Parkinson Blackburn, Blackburn, sorry, uh, Nathan Ablett, Harry McGurk, Archie Freeman, and Freddie Hodder um, but then due to Parkinson Blackburn who suffered an absolute nightmare start uh, to the year uh, losing so much machinery in a fire um, he decided to take time out which saw the Aces bringing in Jake Mulford um, formerly of Kent uh, but Due to his grass track um, commitments, he wasn't able to ride for the Royals this year, um, which seemed to be Bellevue's gain, really. Um, and hasn't really put a foot wrong uh, when he has ridden for the Aces to date. Um, so they started off against the Plymouth Centurions. Um, on a rainy night in Plymouth which having seen footage of it how on earth it was allowed to go ahead I will never know um, but an opening loss of the season down in Devon um, however the Colts would flip that scoreline around uh, up in Manchester as they won 58-32 um with Connor Coles coming in as a guest and scoring at 13 and 1. Um, losses to the Berwick Bullets and the Leicester Lion Cubs followed. Um, to which, away from home, the Colts have really struggled. Um, many had the Colts tipped to win the title this year. Um, to which. I can't really say it doesn't look like it because, you know, it could still happen. Um, there's a long way to go in the season so far. However, in the regular season things, it doesn't particularly look that way. Um, but the last four fixtures have all been in Manchester. Um, with the Armadale Devils coming on the May 27th. And saw the Colts almost hitting 70 points uh, with a 69-21 victory, which is the biggest score by any Bellevue side at the stadium uh, in its short history. Uh, the, a the Colts then welcomed the newly formed Oxford Chargers to town. And always great to see an a club come back to the sport. Uh, especially with the main side being that of the Oxford Cheetahs. Um, but the junior side have a, a pretty solid side as well. Uh, and the Colts took full advantage of having big track knowledge. Uh, as I say, winning 57-33. Then they took on the Berwick Bullets and won 50-40. Uh, that's our Jack Smith picking up his first ever uh, full maximum in Bellevue colours having come so often 
um, shot just at the last minute. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, saw the Colts welcoming the Mildenhall Fen Tigers, um, a team that has either done very well against the Colts or have done very, very badly. Uh, when Bellevue win, it is normally in the 60 points to 65 area. Uh, when they lose, uh, it is about 10 or so difference. Uh, but as it was, the Colts hammered the Fen Tigers 64 to 26. Um, looking at the scorers, it saw Jack Smith picking up his second maximum of the season at home uh, scoring 12 points from his four rides uh, Sam McGurk scored 8-2 and, and Nathan Ablett an impressive 11-2 and uh, and has been one ride I've enjoyed watching around the circuit uh, Jake Mulford 10 had a strange meeting where he wasn't that particularly impressive. Um, I can't say impressive. He, it looked like he was struggling at times, despite the fact winning three out of the four races he was involved in. Um, but yeah, he had a good night. Uh, Harry McGurk scored 14-1 and one to pick up a paid maximum. Uh, Archie Freeman, 6-1. and one. And Freddie Hodder, 3-1. and one. Both of those reserves have looked very, um, you could say the more future-based. Because they have probably not scored the points they deserve. And he's very much in the Tom Brennan mould of last year. Um, But that said, the Colts at the moment are in a playoff place. Um... The, the whole development league scheduling does it a bit skewed uh, with some teams hardly riding at all and some sides having ridden 10 matches all, already um, so yeah it's a, it's a bit of a a strange one um, but looking at the league table for that uh, the Armadale Devils are winless currently and sit bottom on Nil Pois. Uh, the Plymouth Centurions having their only win of the season coming against the Colts on opening day with three points. In sixth place is the Mildenhall Fen Tigers with 12. The Kent Royals then come in at number five with 13. The Oxford Chargers are on 17 points in fourth. Bellevue line third on 18 while up at the top it sees the Berwick Bullets on 23 two points behind the current leaders in the Leicester Lion Cubs um, <clears throat> and you can't really call who's going to make the, the top four this year um, Leicester you feel's definitely going to be top of the table you feel um, I mean, it it could be from two to six. It's still undecided. Um, I mean, Berwick are a good team. Um, away from home, not too clever. Um, Bellevue, if they can build on their win at Mildenhall um, last Sunday, they could. You know, they could arguably challenge uh, for top spot, but it's going to need Leicester to uh, drop a few points, I feel. Um, Oxford going about their business very well, uh, in all truth. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much um, Speedway involving Bellevue this season. Um, Hopefully, I will do a follow-up episode next week um, I can look at more Bellevue things and be a bit more uh, expand on things as they are 
Um, but yeah, that's that's this episode in a nutshell. Um, as I say, apologies for not making an episode much earlier than this, but it's here. Uh, it's ready to listen or ignored, as will be the case. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of this episode. Hopefully, next week I'll add another thing and I'll post it on Twitter. Uh, any comments you want to pass? Uh, always happy to take them on board. May not read them, but you know I'll take them on board. Um, but yes. So, from me, Mr. Anonymous, thank you for listening and taking the time out to listen to this. Uh, Sorry it's been so long-winded, but it is always appreciated having anyone listen to this waffle. Um, However, my my weekend is going to be going up to Edinburgh to catch the Monarchs and the Glasgow Tigers, which I am really looking forward to. Um, but yes, if you're going to watch any Speedway, enjoy yourself. If not, hopefully Great Britain can make it a second Speedway of Nations championship. Um, but based on how they perform tonight, it looks kind of doubtful. Well, that said, uh, seriously though, thank you for for listening to the show. It does mean a lot. Um, look after yourself, stay safe, and we will meet back here very, very soon. <laughs>